So what I want to start out with, because it is such a foundational value and virtue for us all, many of you come from uh, backgrounds, cultures, where hospitality is way up here. Well, so does the Jewish culture. It was a primary value and still is for the Jewish people. So I want to go to Genesis 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oak of Mamre as he sat in the entrance of his tent while the day was growing hot. Looking up, he saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to greet them. And bowing to the ground, he said, Sir, if it please you, do not go on past your servant. Let some water be brought that you may bathe your feet and then rest under the tree. Now that you have come here to your servant, let me bring you a little food that you may refresh yourselves and afterwards you may go on your way. Very well, they replied, do as you have said. Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quick, three measures of bran flour, knead it and make bread. He ran to the herd, picked out a tender choice calf and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. Then he got some curds and milk as well as the calf that had been prepared and set these before them, waiting on them under the tree while they ate. Now, I just wanna point out a few things. Now, so in this little passage, this, this is only the beginning of the story, it continues, but I wanted to highlight this section of it. Notice the things that happen here in terms of how the author is trying to underline hospitality. So we have this phrase that, Abraham is sitting at the entrance of the tent. And the implication there is that he's ready. He's open. He's waiting for someone to come that he can serve, that he can show hospitality to. And it's in the middle of the day, it's hot. So even though it's hot, he's there hoping for someone to come that he can extend hospitality to. And then we see this. He ran. Now in chapter 17, we are told twice that Abraham is 99 years old. Man, he's in pretty good shape. <laughs> he's running around. So he ran. Next thing, Abraham hurries into the tent. And then he ran to the herd. So obviously the author is expressing to us, he so wants to give this hospitality. He's rushing around for it. And then what's, what kind of hospitality does he give them? Let, let some water be brought that you may bathe your feet. So he's taking care of them as soon as they come. He asks them to rest under the tree. The shade is hot outside. He asks why his wife, Sarah, to make some bread, knead it, let it rise and bring out the bread. He picks out a tender choice calf. He picks out his best. He got some curds and milk. And finally, when it's all ready to go, he's going to wait on these guests as they eat under the tree. So a great example of hospitality. The author wants us to see how Abraham is trying to wow his guests. He's trying to help them recognize how welcome they are, what a gift they are, to him. So hospitality that wows. Can you think of an example in your life when you had something where hospitality wowed you? I want to share with you a story. This is a true story. 
by a priest in the diocese, a priest I know. Now I'll tell you that when priests say a story that starts out with a priest I know, sometimes we're talking about ourselves. <laughs> and we just don't want you to know. But I want you to know, this is not me. So this priest was leaving, you know, the office on Friday. And one of the employees asked him, so what are you doing this weekend? And the priest said, well, I'm going to take this guy I met. He's, a, he's homeless. I know, I know I walk around the neighborhood. There's a place where I walk around the neighborhood where a lot of the homeless kind of gather. And I've gotten to know this guy. I know his name. And I told him, you know what? Let's go out to breakfast on Saturday. So he was going to take him to this little breakfast place that he knew about. The guy was thrilled. So when she heard that, the employee said, that is a great idea. Can you let me treat you all? So she gave him a $100 bill. And he said, it's not going to cost $100 to go to breakfast. So here, I'll tell you what. I'll take $50 of the 100 and you keep the other 50 and you do something kind for someone, however you'd like to spread the, your own hospitality. Because she, she wasn't at her house. We only don't give hospitality at our houses or in our offices. We give hospitality all around. She wanted to give them a meal. She wanted to provide for them. That's the act of hospitality. So now they both have $50 they're going to use to be hospitable to someone. So Saturday morning comes along. The guy's right there. They meet at the restaurant. He's got his roll, you know, his pack. And they go in the restaurant. And as soon as they walk in, one of the servers recognizes the priest. He said, Father, you baptized my daughter. It was years ago. It is so good to see you again. And he notices, the priest, when he goes in, he notices that one of the ushers has come into the restaurant with someone, a guest as well. And this usher is an older man. And he, he knew that usher is living on a very limited budget. So he tells the waitress, I'll pay for his table. And she says, no, you know what? I know him. He's great. He comes in here all the time. I'll take care of that. So now here's the waitress providing hospitality for the usher and his guest. And father's now with the, the man that he's, he's sitting with. They have a great breakfast. At the end of it, the bill comes. And the homeless man goes into his pocket, his shirt pocket. And he brings out a $20 bill. And he says, father, let me pay. And the priest said, no, you, you, no, I invited you. you. You need that $20 bill. He said, no, no, please let me pay. You don't know what it means that you invited me out to breakfast. Let me pay. So he did. My priest friend, he still got the $50. <laughs> that isn't even his. <laughs> So he still had more work to do in terms of hospitality. Now, I didn't hear where he went to use that, but I know he would have used it for someone else. But isn't that an incredible story of hospitality? All those people that got involved with it, it kind of started spreading through the people who were connected to that event. That is hospitality that wows. So where, where have you seen that in your life? Where do you do that in your parish? Maybe you have some spots or that already happens, but wouldn't it be something if we're even more intentional about it? That everybody who comes in, we want to wow them? Or this scene from Abraham, 
where he's while the way he is with the three angels that come. Hospitality that wows. You know, when I was a pastor in the 90s, I called our HR person. It wasn't Joe at the time. And I said, where is the workshop for rep receptionists and administrative assistants? I mean, we have workshops for the DREs. We have workshops for the liturgists and the um, musicians, workshops for the priests. But our receptionists and, and uh, administrative assistants, they're on the front line. They're the first people that many who inquire about our parishes in the day-to-days of, of, of parish life, they're the ones who are encountering these seekers or parishioners that come in our doors. Shouldn't there be some workshops for them? I saw this as a big need because like I said, I got really interested in hospitality is what we're all about because when we're hospitable, that's when the relationships form. That's when the encounters happen. And it's out of those relationships that great things happen, that grace happens. Look in the Bible now, after we have this talk, I've been thinking about it since preparing for it and I'm noticing it all over. All through the New Testament, there's all kinds of examples of hospitality. People invite Jesus to come for dinner, the Pharisees. When the 5,000 are on the hills and he's preaching to them, he says to his disciples, give them something to eat. So what I did was we went to a secular workshop then and I went with them because I knew I was going to have to translate because they came to me and they said, Father, why are we here? Because it was all about making profit, you know, and customer service. But they had great principles in there. And like, for instance, they told us that at that time, Nordstrom, no one could even be anywhere near the, the hospitality customer service of Nordstrom. No one is near it. I don't know if it's still that way today, but that's the way it was. They also said that customer service is so bad across the, across the, the spectrum that whatever you do, even a little thing will put you ahead of most people. So there were things that they shared that, that really uh, we were able to translate and say, how can we serve like this in our, in our parish? Here's what I gleaned from, I teach this, like I said, at the seminary. I told the guys this question. I, I usually tell them this at least 15 times in the semester. Whenever anybody approaches you in parish life for anything, there is always the same unspoken question. They don't say it, but it's always there. I said the unspoken question always is, do you care? It's always there. Even if someone comes in and asks for the mass schedule, they come in, ask for the mass schedule, and I'm at the desk and I'm looking to, first of all, I didn't even acknowledge that they were there for a little while. Then I came over and said, can I help you? And then they asked for the mass schedule and I'm, you know, looking, I said, well, there's, you know, here's a bulletin. And, you know, as I'm telling you by the tone of my voice, I'm not really making eye contact with them. There's no smile on my face. And I said, I tell them the mass, here's the masses are right on here. And they say, well, thank you. And they walk out, they go in the car. If anybody's waiting in the car, first thing they're gonna say is they don't even care. The question is always there. So I told the guys, somehow, some way, in every encounter, we need to communicate, I care. 
I do care. Now, when they walk in, I don't recommend this. When they walk in, I really care about you. Because <laughs> they'll walk right out. <laughs> but by my eye contact, by my presence to them, by my, um, the time I spend with them, I'm, I'm communicating, I care. And they'll, and they'll also recognize that, you know, I really like that place, they're a friendly place. They're really saying they care. So that's the, always the unspoken question. So let me give you just three characteristics of hospitality that I thought of. There's, there's more, but I wanted, it to be, I wanted it to be as practical as possible. So let me just briefly mention these three characteristics. Number one, making space. The way we offer our hospitality is we make space. In the book of Kings, the second book, there's a moment when a woman and her husband, Elisha the prophet, has come to visit them a couple times. And the woman says to her husband, let's make a room on the roof, a bedroom, so that when he comes, he can have a place to stay. That's hospitality that makes space. That's a graphic, concrete example. So I start to think in my mind, well, where I'm at, how can we make better space for hospitality? Well, I'll tell you one little thing that we did at the pastoral center. You know, there's the parking lot in the front and in the back if you've ever been there. And I noticed after I was there a while that all the spots closest to the doors were all filled with our cars. Wouldn't it be nice if we just left some spaces free there? So that when people came as guests, they didn't have to go to the back part of the parking lot to come see us. That's making space. There's all kinds of ways that we could do that. For instance, I noticed some parishes, they've taken some time to really um, make their waiting room, or, you know, the lobby in the front, really inviting. I was at one the other day. They had a nice rug. They had some books there with a bookshelf. And they said, this is the library, but take anything and you can keep it. And then they sometimes they have a little music going in there. They're nice comfortable chairs in there. That's all hospitality that's making space. Number two, paying attention. When we have our guests that come to our homes, we pay attention to them. You wouldn't invite somebody to your house, have them come into your living space, and then you go away to make the supper. You make sure somebody in the house stays with them and is paying attention to their needs, whatever they need. You ask them, what do you need? What would you like to drink, right? I'm paying attention to the person who comes in to meet me in my ministry. What also is happening is I'm not focused in here to myself. I'm focused outside. I'm focused on them. It draws me out of myself and towards them. So the idea of focusing on others is number two, paying attention. And the third one that I thought about was showing kindness. You know, when we show hospitality, I think we're at our best as human beings. Because when we want to really be hospitable, we'll do anything for our guest. Somebody comes and they, they, you say, what would you like to drink? And they mention something you don't have. You might say, well, listen, the store is a block away. Let me go get it. That happens a lot of times in people's homes. And they'll send somebody down for it. They might not even tell them that they're going down for it. Because they don't want them to say, no, no, no. They just went and got it. When we're showing that kindness, paying that kind of attention, making that kind of space, 
I think we're at our best. And that's when those sacred encounters occur because that's just what the Lord did. Listen to this moment of hospitality that you might not think of as hospitality. When Jesus is dying on the cross, the good thief says to him, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He's not asking to be in it. He doesn't think he deserves that. And Jesus gives him this wonderful invitation of hospitality. This day, you will be with me in paradise. Come with me. Now, hospitality is not always easy. It isn't always easy. I'll tell you about a phone call I had. Somebody, the receptionist told me, hey, there's somebody on the phone for a baptism, and they're not happy. You've had these calls, right? And I got on there, and they were going on for several minutes about how if I don't baptize their baby, they are leaving the Catholic Church. I didn't know what to do. I was a young priest at the time, and they're going on and on. First of all, I did this. I learned this trick early on. The first 15 seconds, I evaluate what's coming at me. Is this on the logical level or is this on the emotional level? So I heard this one, so anxious. This is not on the logical level. This is on the emotional level. No use me giving them reasons. Because when people are on the emotional level, they can't comprehend the reasons. It just makes them more emotional. So they told me they'd already called their parish. And they said to me, you know what they wanted to know? The first thing they said to me was, are you giving money in the basket on Sunday? Now, I thought to myself, there is no way anybody in any of our parishes is going to ask that question. Here's what I think they did ask, though. Probably with a little bit of tone, they said, are you registered here? That's probably what happened. And they interpreted that as money in the basket. So anyway, I didn't know what to do. And they were going on. And then finally, I said, well, tell me about your baby. And there was this short pause. And they said, what do you mean? Oh, I said, well, when, when was he born? How big was he when he came out? I could hear a change a little bit. They stopped the ranting. And they started to, like, tell me about those facts. And they said, he's six weeks old. And I said, why are you sleeping through the nights yet? Oh, no. Then I said to them, congratulations. Congratulations on your birth. You're so happy. And the church says congratulations. And you want to give your child the gift of eternal life. That's exactly what we wish for your child. And I could hear the whole emotional thing come way, way, way down. Now, when she got down here, I could tell her the reasons we have to have a preparation beforehand, why it's good to join a parish. And you know what she said to me when I finished? That's the same thing she heard at the other parish. She said, well, that makes sense. Then she said, I want to join your parish. Now, she's 30 minutes from my parish. She's not going to church too much now. What's the chances of her going? on <laughs> There's a 30-minute drive with a young child. So I, I didn't want to just accept her to come in because that's not going to help them. I want to help repair the relationship with her home parish. So I said to her, listen, I know the person who's in charge of baptisms at your home parish. She's very nice. How about if I call over there and let her know you'll be calling? And then I call over there and say, this person needs a little extra TLC. So that was an accident. I didn't know what I was doing there. But when it, once it happened, I got off the phone and I said, wow, whatever I did there, I need to repeat that. Because that really worked. 
So what I did was I communicated to her, I care. I gave her some time. And then I got interested, I paid attention. And I tried to be very kind. So there's an example of like how it's not easy. It isn't easy to take those calls. Hospitality blesses us both ways. Look at Abraham and Sarah. They were hospitable. And the angel says to them before they leave, you will have a son before next year. And of course, you know, you know, Sarah's famous laugh about that one. And yet it happened. My priest friend, he was so edified by that homeless man's desire to pay for the lunch and about what happened and these other folks who started doing hospitality all because of that first initial event. He got something from, they deepened his faith. And finally, I love this line in Hebrews. And the author of Hebrews is referring to this story with Abraham and the angels. When he says to the community, do not neglect to show hospitality to the stranger for by it, some have entertained angels without knowing it.